0: Hello, and thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Federalist Files. Um, so, I think I said last show I was going to wait maybe two to three weeks. It seems like there's some news coming in that I felt the need to rant about. Much more of Republicans being down astronomically. Um I saw a Mike Cernovich, who was like a hardcore, or he was at least a hardcore Trumper in the last election, the 2016. I don't know about 2020. It seems like Republicans all over the place have like these terrible takes. Um, they they feel the need to protect institutions. They're like super normie. That's the best way to explain it. They're very establishment-like in their takes. They're not really free market. They don't introduce that many new ideas the only people in the party that are really introducing new ideas is Trump, Vivek, and, uh, and Ron DeSantis. Otherwise, everyone else is super normie with their takes. Meaning, for example, they will protect things like the um, public education. They will protect things like teachers, uh, public school teachers, public schools. They will say that the federal Department of Education is actually useful and they're not a complete waste of time. In this specific take, Mike Cernovich, I remember I was I was looking at a tweet earlier this week, and he was tweeting about how college loans are like a great idea, and and sending people off to college is like a winning, is like a a winning strategy right now for America, which it is not a winning strategy. It's a total loss. I mean, I know tons of people that me and my friends, for example, all of us went to school for the exact same major, all four of us. None of us actually got a job in the field that we went to school for one guy got a job that was somewhat similar, uh, the other, including myself, the other three of us did not at all, like, one guy drives a truck, the other guy, uh, the other guy lays cement, or concrete, rather, so no one, I know, and this is the story, I know this, college is literally a, it's a made system for women, school in a general sense, The way it's currently set up in the public education system is made for women to succeed, made for girls to succeed. It's not really hands-on. It is not, um, you're not really learning skills. You're just kind of reading books. You're doing things that women are really good at doing is a better way to put it, I guess. Uh, Men drop out of college much more often than women do. They have a higher dropout rate. I believe like one in four dudes go to college and drop out. Pretty high rate. Um, it actually might even be more than that, to be honest. I know tons of people where they went to school for a year and they ended up dropping out afterwards. But whatever. He had some shitty take on college loans and how they're great. Uh, college loans are not great. It is a completely predatory. And it's great because I'll comment. I'll say it's a predatory system. It's a predatory market. And then you have all these people, like, defending college loans. And, like, you guys are Republicans that are defending federal government loans. Like, what what do you what do you do what happened to like the free market tea party uh conservative movement the grassroots conservative movement in two thousand and nine when everything crashed when the market crashed and Rick Santelli hopped on c n b c just some random just a random pundit. Actually, just like a random economist off of CNBC said something like we need to reinstate the the Tea Party movement or something like that. And they created, I mean, this is where we got Ted Cruz from. This is kind of the reason that Trump won in 2016 is because of the Tea Party movement. Maybe it wasn't 2009. It might have been after 2009. Probably was because everybody was hurting pretty badly. So that's where fiscal conservative... Uh, fiscal conservatism came from, I guess most recently, but if you even look at Trump as the president, it it was not a really fiscally conservative um, uh, term, (laughs) I mean, they spent a lot of money, the administration, they spent, and they built up the debt just as bad as a Democrat would do, so these government loans, the way that this works, and This market, you have kids going away to college, right? The college knows that kids are going to get government loans. Government loans are low-interest loans. While you're in school, you don't have to pay them at all. It's a 0% interest rate. I believe it's six months after you graduate. Then, at that point, interest starts to kick up, starts to accrue. So people start paying back these loans. These loans are unforgivable loans, meaning... You cannot uh, file bankruptcy and get these loans taken off of your credit. You will have these loans forever until you die, unless if you pay them off. If you... I don't know how those loans work. I think credit credit cards, if you don't pay your balance off for like seven years or something, it eventually does not affect your credit score anymore. I believe federal government loans do not... They're not the same way. They're going to come after you and they're probably going to eventually start to garnish your wages take the money out of your bank account, whatever, so this is a new phenomenon, our parents, like my parents specifically, they, my mom had college loans, it was not much, it was nowhere near what people are paying now, and they were different, they were private government, or they were private college loans, the problem is, is the government is pretty much writing a blank check to the young kids of America, and the parents are terrible, the parents Want their kids to have this this college experience, this new world uh, social order, this uh, pop culture known in the media college experience where they go and party and stuff. And they explore themselves and they find themselves, which is things that girls say. I found myself when I was in college. I made a lot of friends. I understood, like, what does that even mean? So you went away to college for four years. You probably got ran through. You probably, like, got railed by some dudes. Maybe you smoked some smoked some weed and like snorted some cocaine, and uh, you found yourself while you were in college. It's a ridiculous statement. I know so many people that went away to college, and then they come back, and they regret it afterwards because they had to pay off the uh, the college loans, and it wasn't worth it for them at the end of the day. This is a lot of people that I know. Uh, so you have the government writing these blank checks to college kids to young and impressionable 18 year olds and their parents are not steering them in the correct direction what to do whether it is a trade or it is a uh, or it is a good major such as like engineering or law or even if you're a medical student let's say you're going to be a nurse or something there's a good return on investment there whereas kids are just going to school for psychology and then become like mental health counselors and get paid nothing and <laughs> the market does not value social work or Mental Health Counselors, which pretty much tells you about what the market... What the actual value of uh, psychology is. How much of a bullshit industry psychology and sociology are. If you ever see Andrew Tate, when he... I subscribe to Andrew Tate's reasoning when it comes to, uh... When it comes to, like, most mental illness, not all of them. I think it's over subscribed. uh... There's way too many people that doctors are saying are depressed. And he just, he simply said something like, just say you're not depressed anymore and you will no longer be depressed or like get your life. A lot of these issues that people are depressed from, uh, and maybe I can go into this a little bit. I think that men in general, the reason that men have such like a high suicide rate right now and there is like a really high depression rate amongst men is because pop culture is telling men that what they naturally feel and how they naturally want to instinctually act is unnatural they want to womanize or feminize rather men they want to turn them into chicks which is what currently is happening a lot of men are converting over to try to become chicks but they obviously cannot become chicks because they are biologically men but that's what's going on right now because it's being incentivized uh but yeah that whole mental that mental health thing is it's mental health counselors and all these other things, it's all a complete, like, waste of time. I know a bunch... Of, I see a bunch of girls from high school where I'll look at what they do for work and I, I scoff at it because when I went to school, they were so smart. Or at least they they had this illusion that they were so smart because the system is essentially set up for girls when you're in school, when you're in elementary school, you know, pre-K through through senior year high school, even college. I mean, it's all set up for women. And you know, I go and I look at what they're doing for work, and I go, okay, well, they're, they're a social worker, they're making, like, 30 G's a year, you know, like, who gives a fuck, <laughs> but the all these, oh, college was so important, I paid, and for that psychology or sociology degree, they paid 30 G's a year, so they paid $120,000, now they have interest that's accruing over time, and they have to pay that off with their $40,000 a year job, it's, fucking hilarious. They spend all this time paying that shit back. What ends up happening is a lot of these women end up just marrying dudes that end up having to pay the money for their college loans. The the girls are not paying college loans off themselves. They're coming out with extreme amounts of debt. Like, I, I talked to a girl for a while. I dated a girl. It wasn't a long time. It was maybe like two or three months. And uh, she went to school for business. And she probably racked up about 120k in loans. Uh And She has... And she's still paying them off. And at this point, she's been out of college for... I think nine years. Around that, nine years. She's been out of college, she's still paying for it... Because she got a business degree... And then she went and got a shit job that pays like 40 G's a year. Once again. Because women, they naturally... And if you actually look at the the whole wage gap thing... The wage gap situation. If you look at women that are living in big cities like Manhattan... They make dollar for dollar the same as men do in general. It's not for the same job, it's just in a general sense. If you take the average for women that are working in a city to men that are working in a city, it is one to one. Now, the further away you get from that, once you get to like rural areas, it gets there's a difference. It'll be maybe 70 cents to a dollar. But it's because a lot of women are not pursuing jobs that make more money. They don't want the responsibilities, they want to be able to be online. And, I mean, I encounter this in my job where people, I know how much work they're doing. Um, they're not online all the time. They're not quick to answer. They're not as dedicated as men are. It's just the way it is. And we're supposed to all act like uh, they're really, really good workers and they don't impede a workplace. It's very weird. It's a very odd. are working in a corporate environment and then working with people. And you notice that some people are, like, definitely not working as hard as others are. And then some people create a lot more issues, like interpersonal issues in the workplace. And it seems to be all women that do that. I have not met a. I've met. Let me think. Yeah, there's a few guys that do that. But women, if you want to talk about personal attacks, like real personal attacks, it is women. They're the only ones where I've seen where they literally will, like, they will cut the hardest to the core. Uh, about somebody in the workplace like completely unprofessional complete personal attack they'll talk behind their back or do these and this is something that everyone knows no one wants to say it anyone that's been a manager that's had to manage women they know that they have to put women in different groups they can't like group up a bunch of them together because then they'll start fighting each other they'll eat each other alive. I don't know how I got to this but uh but yeah college program uh scam because you take loans out you have these low rate loans it's a blank check, because it's a blank check, colleges go, universities go, oh, this is great, I can jack the prices up, because the government's paying for it, and these people just have to pay in the future, like, once they have to pay in the future, I don't give a shit, I already made my money, the government already paid me, the government's the one that's really fucked now, and the government's not really fucked, because it's us, the people, the people that are paying, the people that make money and pay taxes, they're the ones that get fucked by this, they're the ones that are essentially, you know, paying for people to go away to school, because, What'll happen is college people will die. People will literally die with college loan debt, or the government will forgive the loan debt, which then in turn means taxpayers are paying. They're fronting the bill for people to go to college. It's so weird how we have we have like they do the same thing with the healthcare system a lot of the time. They're um, we paid for for example we paid for Pfizer, we paid for Moderna, and then. We socialized the effort to make the vaccine. But then once it came out, the gains were all privatized. Like, <laughs> nobody made money. We didn't, taxpayers didn't make money off of that, obviously. So it's the same, it's the same game. It's like, that's what happens when you have big government and dirty and dirty industry. The government's just taking advantage of everybody and the lobbying that's in DC and these super PACs. Like, this, these super PACs are real. These super PACs telling people uh on their campaign what to say these candidates this is all real stuff these aren't like made-up stories that's stuff that is going on currently I think Vivek actually just talked about it how it's it's super dirty and you like walk into a room your super PAC hands you a script pretty much and then you walk out of the room and then your people your campaign managers take the money from the super pack so it looks like you're not involved with them it's it's absurd and ridiculous so another thing, I mean, I'm just going to go into the normie, Republicans, the establishments, and this is why we lose, things like that. Mike Cernovich defending the universities, acting like it's a free market when the government's fronting everybody's bill, and it's not a free market, clearly. Another thing we have currently going on that's much more localized uh, to where I'm at is we have, we have nurses that are striking in a nearby hospital, I believe they're already top. I believe they're top five paid in the state in terms of hospitals, as which is pretty good. And especially if you're in New Jersey, it's a lot of money. Like they're probably making, if I had to guess, they're probably making in the fifties an hour as a nurse. Go to school for two years, and you're making fifty bucks an hour. I mean, it's pretty hard to beat. Honestly, they have a union. Um, they are upset because they want better. The quote-unquote, they want better ratios, which isn't. I personally think that's not the case. I think that the nurses are hiding behind ratios so they can strong arm. Because I'm sure the union told them to say this, so that they can strong arm the company into making ratios. Meaning, if there's five nurse, if there's one nurse to every five patients, that's considered the ratio. They want that type of ratio. They want one nurse to every five patients, right? And currently, there is no ratio implemented. So I tune into my local station, and these nurses have been, at this point, protesting for, I believe, 50 days, right? 45 days, like a month and a half. Some of them lost their health care. Now, I'm not 100% sure how it works, but I believe if they wanted to cross the picket line, they could do so. And be able to work for the hospital. I don't. Th- I don't think that the that the union necessarily would um, keep them out of work. I could be wrong about that. They did hire scabs, which are like these temporary employees to take the place of the nurses currently. Uh, like I said, I don't think this is about ratios. I think this is about money, because internationally, or nationally, rather, there is no standard for ratios at all. And the push now, which is great. I see this, so I turn on my local radio station, I get caught in traffic on my way to work, tractor trailer upended, so I'm sitting there two and a half hours, I'm sitting in traffic, it was awful. It was about three miles distance that I had to go, Um, and in those three miles, it took me two hours to get there. So I'm sitting there listening to this guy named Bill Spadia, he is the resident Republican morning radio guy in New Jersey, he is a fan of Christie, Chris Christie. He was good, I guess, to his campaign. So he ended up going. He went to this protest. There was a protest. It's a protest every single day at the hospital. Now they are protesting at the, I believe, the CEO's house. Or Not the CEO. Yeah, the CEO's house, or the president of the hospital. It's a, it's a non-profit hospital, so I don't think a... Maybe I'm wrong. No, non-profit can have CEOs, I think. Yeah, they can. So it was the CEO's house. Um, he was going to meet with the nurses, next day he comes on and all he does is sit there and praise the nurses how the gov in the very beginning of his show cuz i listened to it for 2 hours he starts to claim that the government should be getting involved so you have a union and you have a private business talk about anything dirtier or more socialist or communist than a republican guy claiming that a, that the federal, that the government whether it's the federal or the state government should get involved in a private company and the union's negotiations, like, they should strong-arm the company and make them pay what the union is asking for, essentially, is what this guy was saying in the very beginning. Then as time went on, then he started to kind of change his his view, maybe, because whoever was behind—whoever—and this is great. This is how you know that uh, people don't understand politics. They don't understand what the Constitution is, what it means, laws— that they're just some pundit on tv that doesn't really know what they're talking about when his stance continues starts to change as time goes on he starts to talk about how murphy should come to the table or murphy should get the two sides the union and the hospital to come to the table to negotiate and i'm like no the it's stupid the whole thing is dumb why would the governor governor have anything to do with that it's not his it's not his business He's not the one that forces businesses to make new negotiations with uh, private sector unions, which I think public sector unions entirely should be unconstitutional because we have no say as voters what that contract turns out to be, and it's absurd that we, we make it like public sector unions are normal. They're completely unconstitutional. Uh, the government has, has zero justification written to the Constitution that public sector unions should even be a thing because like I said the people themselves it's the self government how are the people themselves able to um able to mess around with these union contracts like how are how are they able to modify them how are they able to have a say how are they able to be heard they're not it's bullshit the people that are getting elected essentially are are the ones they're getting elected by unions and then they're the ones uh negotiating the union contract on top of it the government officials It's a complete scam of his system and game. And who cares? The government official doesn't care how much money they spend because they're not running a business. Who is the piggy bank? Who's paying for it? It's all taxpayer dollars. So what do they care if they're paying um, cops an extra $10 an hour? It doesn't matter. It's taxpayer money. At the end of the day, they don't give a shit. So, I mean, it hasn't gotten bad enough where people are not electing Democrats anymore. No matter how much money we pay in taxes, it's like nobody can... Nobody, the, the cognitive dissonance is not there. When Democrats complain about paying money in taxes, which they do all the time, they don't understand why they pay money in taxes. They don't understand that they're voting for people, that the change that is being enacted by people that they vote in is to pay more in taxes. So, yeah, we get this guy, Bill Spadia. He hops on the radio. I keep uh, devolving here as I explain these stories. I sucks off the, the nurses' union. He starts making this this weird, every single argument, by the way, that he makes, it's all emotional. And why is that? Because he hung out with a bunch of women that are nurses the day before. So the one argument is there's a guy that's been working there for 25 years. He lost his health care because he's been protesting. Now, my question is, is is he able to cross that picket line and just go back to work so he gets his health care back? My guess would probably be yes. So then why are you complaining about it? Then just go back to work. Get your health care. Like, I don't think that... Because it's a completely emotional argument. I'll tell you why. Because you're putting that one person... I mean, I know it's a terrible story. It sounds horrible, right? You're putting that one person... You're prioritizing that one person... Over everybody that works in the hospital. Everybody that goes to the hospital. You're putting that one person... Above everybody in negotiations. It is a completely... And strictly emotional argument... And that's all it has to stand on once you say so we should take that one person we should we should prioritize them over every other employee in the hospital, as well as the people that go to the hospital, because that's what it is. It's essentially just an emotional argument, It's somebody for the for the media to record and put on TV the next day. And he's being used as a pawn, obviously, in these union negotiations, because it just looks bad publicity wise. Every single argument Bill Spady made on the radio, I believe it was Monday morning, was complete and utter emotional arguments. He's saying that the federal government needs to get involved. The federal government itself needs to get involved with staffing um, ratios, because there federally is no ratio. And he said they should get, which is a horrible precedent to set. His precedent for getting involved in this is the government was giving hospitals tons of money during covid Therefore, they should also get involved in ratios of nurses to patients at this point. Which essentially is, well, the government is already doing weird socialist shit. So why don't they just go full-on socialist completely and control the healthcare system? Because they already did it. They did a little bit of it during COVID. I mean, it's a complete anti-conservative like conservative argument that's being made. Uh, by a guy that claims he's a he's a Republican. I don't, I don't know if he's a conservative, if he would call himself a conservative Republican. I think Republicans in general aren't conservative in terms of talking heads and uh, politicians themselves. Now, the people that vote for the politicians, I would say, are kind of somewhat conservative. I don't know. I mean, I have family members that, to me, aren't, they're Republicans, but they're not really conservative. Like, they're country club Republicans, is what we call them, where they'll vote for People like Tim Scott just because he's black. It's a great American story. I've heard that one from family members before. It's a great American story. He's the real American story. And he's a black guy. And he came from a single parent home. So we should vote for him for president. Because he's a good representative. Like, What does that even mean? Oh yeah, this this appeal to we want a government that represents the population appeal is an absurd appeal. Um, Because... Middlemen, for example, they call them middlemen sailors or middlemen merchandisers. So historically, a lot of immigrants, for example, have been middlemen merchandisers or entrepreneurs, right? Businessmen, a lot of immigrants, meaning like they'll run a little convenience store. They'll have like a small family business. That is what that specific immigrant, that is what they do for work, right? That's fine. They can do that. So let's say 90%. Let's say some overwhelming number do jobs in this specific sector of the economy. And that's what they do. That's just their culture. Why is it that they also have to be represented in the government by a person their skin color or their ethnicity? Like we should be we should be running the United States of America like it is a business at all, at pretty much every sector when it comes to the government, meaning it should be efficient, it should be effective, those are like the two, th- two big things, and then obviously we should be like preserving people's rights and freedoms, but other than, th- those are like the three, we're nowhere near any of that, we're not even close to achieving that, and what we're doing is, we're essentially affirmative action hiring people in the federal government, we're saying, well you, you we only, we have a 10% population of indians we need more indians in congress like it's it's stupid the whole thing is fucking stupid it's it's a straight up women argument these are all like woman things that you hear coming from women and then men like take it and they reverberate it they'll repeat it too it's sad it's sad to hear that the to see that there's like so many men that that are and i truthfully don't know if they can't think for themselves or if they're just trying to get ass that fucking bad. I really, truthfully, for the life of me, don't understand it. So the nurses strike. Let me see what else I got here. I have a bunch of stuff written down, folks. These guy cancer to prove the point. Ooh, this is interesting. I got some Russell Brand. I could talk about Russell Brand. I guess I will. So, Russell Brand. Russell Brand... Not really sure what to think, because I don't know, as no one knows really what the truth is, but we do know that whatever it is that he's being accused of, I find it very weird too, because he was, he went on Bill Maher's show, and he did say that there was a privatization of profits from the COVID shot, and it was funded by taxpayers, and then literally like a week later, he ends up getting popped for... Sexual assault. And with him, everybody knew he was a dog. He always made it like he was a dog. But he always did say that things were consensual. He always made that very clear. Women for a long time. Never said anything. And now suddenly, you know, something that happened 10 years ago. Which you can't prove. No one's going to be able to prove any of these things. Like, if it happened, you have to run. You know, you got to run to a um, police department, I guess. A precinct. Let them know. They'll take you. and You'll do one of these rape kiss kit tate, like tests, so you'll know. No one does this. Uh, well, people do do it, but I'm saying in these cases where they come up ten years later, nobody does this. So there's no, there's no precedent for it. There is no uh, evidence of anything. So at this point, it's just kind of word for it's it's one story versus the other story, and that's why people need to actually like record things when they happen. When something happens, you have to do something to take note of it. Whether it's you want to go through the legal system, you want to go to a hospital, you want to get your, your test or whatever done, you have to do something. You can't just let them let something bad happen. And, and it's, it sucks because what happens is women that actually get sexually assaulted, this makes their claims look like bullshit. Because nowadays when I look at this, any of these like mainstream stories... A majority of the most, the biggest stories have been bullshit. The only one that I've seen where a persons actually got convicted, for famous people, is Danny Masterson, that sociology or uh, Scientology guy that was on that show, uh, The Ranch, I think it was called, on Netflix. He's the only person. Otherwise, no, no one's gotten shit. And it's, I find it very, very like funny and weird. Russell Brand for years carried the left wing water jug for like ever, for long fucking time. Kind of like Piers Morgan did. Piers Morgan still kind of does it. He's kind of a prick. Kind of like an arrogant prick. He carried the left wing. He was on the left wing, left wing line. And now suddenly he's kind of becoming like a classical lib in the middle. Kind of like libertarian. He's pointing out misdeeds of the government. And suddenly now it's on the radars. They're trying to ruin him. YouTube demonetized him. I believe Rumble got the the British government is coming after Rumble as we speak actually. They're telling the UK is telling them telling Rumble that they're going to press charges on Rumble if they don't take down Russell Brand's content, either take it down or demonetize him. It's like one of the two of those, which is fucking absurd. But yeah, that's that's currently what's going on. That's like the whole matrix thing. This is like the Andrew Tate matrix statement where he's he's always claiming people are in the matrix and and I mean I recently watched the podcast with him and Dylan Dennis, and that's a whole other story that I actually have written down so it kind of it kind of ties in Dylan Dennis went on Aiden Ross's podcast Aiden Ross is like this young YouTube kid that gets these really uh interesting speakers on his podcast Dylan Dennis is going back and forth talking to Andrew Tate and his big thing is Andrew Tate's pretty much like, dude, you're in the Matrix, bro. Like, you're going to get caught up in this shit. And then the next day, Dylan Dennis' Instagram gets taken down because he pretty much showed up on a podcast with Andrew Tate. And the other thing with Dylan Dennis is he is scheduled to fight Logan Paul. So Dylan Dennis has relentlessly been posting pictures of Logan Paul's, I don't know, I think it's his wife at this point or fiance. He has been relentlessly posting public, by the way. These are all public pictures. Like, you can Google search them. You'll find them. His wife, Nina Agdahl, for all intents and purposes, I'm just going to call it his wife because I'm not really sure. His wife, Nina Agdahl, with like a million different dudes. I mean, this chick was one of those, what do they call them? Like, when you're in L.A., Miami or L.A., there's big money there. There's big actors, whatever. There's people with a lot of money. And then there's people that orbit, so I would like to call her an orbiter. She orbits these people with a lot of money, these people of high social class, like these actors. So there's tons of pictures of her with like Leonardo DiCaprio, this person, that person. She's pretty much been with everybody. She's one of those women that just gets passed around in her 20s and then she hits 30 and then she finds some guy and settles down some stupid simp like him essentially logan paul is holding the logan is so stupid because this guy's got all this money he's a young dude he's got tons of money he can can date whoever the fuck he wants and he chooses this chick who's been ran through by like all of la and miami it's a horrible idea it's also horrible for for the fight game because you're gonna go into a fight dude and this guy's just gonna dylan dennis i mean he's promoting a fight that's what he does You know, he says, I gotta promote this fight, I know nothing about Logan, we have no real personal beef, so I'm just gonna start trashing his fucking girl. Which, I mean, is it the best way to do things? I don't know. But, I mean, it's a huge weak spot that Logan has, it's a giant weak spot. It's a big chink in his armor, for sure. And she decided to sue him, Dylan Dennis, so now he's getting sued for quote-unquote defamation it's not defamation, just posting public pictures of somebody on the internet, of all the different dudes you dated, It it is the process, is the punishment at that point. So, you know, Logan has tons of money, Logan has more money than Dylan Dennis does, so he's just going to take him to court, and they'll sit in court forever, and he'll try to drain Dylan Dennis of all of the money that he made, uh, even off this fight, even if this fight happens, he's going to drain him of everything, so it's pretty much like he didn't even fight It's really like a scummy, I'll tell you, it's like a really slimy, scummy way to do business if you're Logan Paul. And I've heard these weird stories about how he has NDAs set up with some of his guys. And the way that he handles things is just really weird. You know, I've also heard these stories about how he's a cuck and he used to let his brother, like, sleep with his girlfriends in high school and stuff, too. I don't know if any of that's true. But the stuff with the NDAs and stuff, you know, I've heard that as well. And the way he does business is just, it's just dirty. I personally, from watching them, uh, Logan and Jake from from me what it looks like to me is Logan's kind of a ball. he's all about himself and Jake I think is much less about himself I think Jake wants a brother that has his back the same way that he has his brother's back and I think he's like searching for that and he's trying so hard to get Logan to be that or get Logan to at least recognize that I have not that it matters but I have like much more respect From what I've seen from Jake Paul compared to Logan Paul, I have much more respect. Jake takes the fighting thing pretty seriously, it seems like. If you watch Jake on, like, podcasts and stuff, he's not doing outrageous shit that Logan's doing trying to, like, get more views is the point. It's just not the same. They're not the same person. They're not doing the same things. And it seems to me more like Jake is just looking for his brother to kind of back him up the way that he backs his brother. Like, he wants a relationship where him and his brother are tight and, like, they're cool. Kind of like the Tate brothers are. And it's not like that at all, it's like Logan's kind of bitching at Jake about being able to promote his things and shit, and it's just, I don't know, it just seems super sleazy, and it's like, you know, I I watched a clip once of Tristan, um, Tristan Tate, Andrew Tate's younger brother, and he said something like, yeah, you know, this guy came up to me made fun of me because my b- brother's a better boxer than me. And he's, he said, yeah, of course my brother's a better boxer than me, but he's also a b- better boxer than, like, fucking everybody, too. Like, I'm happy for my brother. I feel like that's the difference between Logan, Jake, and the Tate brothers is Tate brothers have each other's back, and, like, they're happy for each other's achievements and success because they've always been poor. They've been poor for a long time. They became rich, like, in their mid-30s, whereas um, Jake and Logan kind of got rich, like, as they were, like, in their mid-teens, they were getting rich and famous. So there's kind of a difference there where they're always in competition, and it's almost like they don't like each other, and they don't want each other to succeed. And there's nothing wrong with a little healthy competition, but it gets to a point with them where it's, like, very clear that they're not really, they don't have each other's backs, and it's sad to see that from two brothers like that. Uh but yeah, here's another thing that I always hear from the libs. Or yeah, this is, this is one thing I hear from the libs all the time. Like if you know that a lib is really stupid and they just pay attention to whatever the media says, just ask them about what they think about Twitter. And they'll just fucking freak out. They'll be like, Elon's ruining Twitter. And then you'll ask. The best thing is, and then the, g- the good follow-up to that question is, oh, do you are you a common user of Twitter? Like, are you always on there that you, you've noticed this drastic drawdown in Twitter's performance? And they're not going to be able to answer because they're most likely not on Twitter. I am on Twitter. I've been on Twitter for past two years because of this podcast. Almost three. Almost three years because of this podcast. Um, actually, it is like three years at this point. Yeah, so I've been on Twitter for like three years. Was the performance reduced a little bit when he fired 80% of the staff? Yes. Now, is it that drastic? No. (laughs) So, no, it's not a big deal. The real thing is liberals are supposed to be upset about this, and the liberal media is telling them to be upset about it. Solely because they cannot control all of the narrative across all the social media platforms. So currently they own everything. They own Facebook. They own Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. Um, And they don't own Rumble. But Rumble's not really social media. Neither is YouTube. YouTube might as well be because it's so fucking big. So they're upset that Twitter is allowing people to speak freely and stories are spreading that aren't being covered by the mainstream media apparatus. So they have to point at some sort of boogeyman named Elon Musk and they have to be super upset about what a private, what an entirely private, not publicly traded company does, what a private company is doing in allowing free speech period, full stop. That's all it is. They're allowing a platform for people to share information and P and the liberal media is telling stupid liberal voters to be angry at Elon Musk because that has been happening. It's it's funny when I hear them complain about, well, what about Elon and what are you doing with Twitter? I'm like, what is that even fucking dude? It's like you guys read off of a script. Like They tell you in the morning what your marching orders are and you just follow and don't ask any questions about it or even go on Twitter. I mean, I've heard people that are close... I wouldn't call them friends. I wouldn't call them family either. I could say friends of family. I've heard them say things like that, and I'm just like, where do you even get? Where are you getting this information from? The guys are ruining. Who's ruining Twitter? (laughs) Because because CNN told me or uh, Reddit told me so. Yeah, it's great. So Ray Epps. Okay, Ray Epps. I guess I'll do a little cultural thing at the very end here, and I'll go into the politics stuff right now. So Ray Epps got locked up. I believe they charged him with a misdemeanor. Ray Epps was was telling people the day before to go into the Capitol. I believe there is some video of him there as well on January 6th going into the Capitol. He got a misdemeanor charge. He got something that was a lot lesser. Let me see actually what his charge was real quick. It's hilarious that, like, and then the liberal media, like, the Krasentine brothers will hop on Twitter and act like it's a big-time win. He's like, the conspiracy... Like, they make it as if the conspiracy theorists are wrong when Ray Epps gets charged, and the dude pled guilty to disorderly conduct. Like, that's all he got, right? So, I want to know what his his sentence is, because I'm sure it's a fucking joke. I'm sure it's a year, maybe two years, meanwhile people are locked up on for 22 years that weren't even there that day, they're locking people up for 15 to 20 on fucking simply trespassing uh, and the Washington, and it's funny as soon as I google this, the first thing that shows up is like the Washington Post it's like, ah, oh, we gotta make sure we cover this story oh man, my computer's running hard as shit right now, I don't want this thing to get all fucked up I'm hoping it's not getting fucked up right now. Yeah, I don't know. I can't. It's not letting me access shit right now. Ray Epps sentence. We'll see what it says. I just want to see how... And, and it's funny because when you look it up... So it's a misdemeanor. So if it's a misdemeanor, it's less than a year. So this dude ends up getting charged. Uh, He gets charged for less than a year. Meanwhile, he was doing similar things to the people that they're putting in prison for 15 to 20. And we're supposed to sit here and believe that he wasn't a government informant. And the Krasenstein brothers go on Twitter and they post like it's a big time win. These guys are like the... They are the arbiters of uh, misinformation. They are the ministers of misinformation is the best way to put it. They just put out bullshit stories. They find a way to attempt to debunk the narrative. And then they look stupid. Like, if you look at them trying to debunk the narrative, it's in a tweet, right? So it's, like, around 240 characters. And then if you look up what it is they're debunking most of the time and their, like, little opinion that they'll go on and talk about, then you realize they're full of shit because you actually read the full story and you're like, oh, these guys were lying. So anything that they put out, I just, like, don't even... And and they're making tons of money on Twitter right now, too. They're, like, sucking off Elon hard because those guys are making, like, 10 to 15 Gs a, a month. Off of just posting on Twitter simply. Like what they normally were doing before. So that's why I say you don't even comment for these people. If they want to sit on Twitter and they want to fight. Like fight with other fucking people. Don't fight with people that are making money off of you fighting in their, uh, in their threads. If you want to post what they say. Don't retweet. Don't quote tweet it. Screenshot it and post it or something. So they don't get money from that. Uh, that's a smart way to fight them. Uh, the John Fetterman situation. Oh, no, no. The other thing is you had we had, Thomas Massey was on Capitol Hill questioning Merrick Garland about that whole situation. And Merrick Garland, like, wasn't giving any answers about FBI informants. He wasn't giving any answers because he knew if he gave one answer, if you think about it, right, he gives one answer, then you can probably pin that person down with who got charged. You can find the person that they're referring to if they're an FBI informant. Let's say he said there's five agents that he knew of. Then you can look through all the people that got charged, look at who, who had the least charge, the lesser charge, the misdemeanor charges, and then you know who FBI informants were. Because you knew FBI informants and FBI agents, they're not going to give—FBI agents, they're not charging. FBI informants, they're not going to be charging for fucking 15 to 20 years after working with them. They're just not doing that. So, so yeah, I mean, it's it's obvious that Ray Epps was working with the FBI intimately. Who knows what they had on Ray Epps? Apparently his daughter, his daughter was on Twitter saying she's she was sexually assaulted by him as a kid and all this other stuff. So who knows? They could have put him up to it. They could have used they could have said, hey, listen, we're gonna put you in prison for sexual assault or something instead. Go and do this thing, and we'll give you like a year or some shit. Who even fucking knows at this point, the way that how dirty and how corrupt the government is at this point. So John Fetterman, John Fetterman had a stroke. He's fucking wrecked. He looks terrible. He's this mustache. He looks like Dr. Doctor Eggman from Sonic. If you've ever been familiar with that game, he looks horrible. And he's going up on Capitol Hill. And once again, this is a story that I see the left wing media post and they're like, Look at him. He admits that he's not that good at speaking because he had a stroke. And he's still up there and he's dressed like shit. This guy's not wearing a uniform. Or not a uniform, rather a uh not wearing a suit, not wearing dress clothes at all. He's not even like business casual, what you would call. I mean, think about it. We're paying we're t- paying politicians like 180 Gs a year, and they're supposed to represent us. And then they shit all over us by showing up to work wearing basketball shorts and like a hoodie, because that's essentially that's what he wears. He he walks in like he's about to work out at the gym during the winter time. Um, so that's how he dresses. He looks like shit. Goes up there and speaks, and then left wing media praises him because he's so brave and he's so wonderful and he's in such good health, just like Joe Biden. Um, because they have the balls to get up there and speak, and it's, it's weird, and once again, it's, it's a total emotional woman argument, it's this argument of, well, look at him, he's injured, and he's still out there, and then, it's, it's like I said in the beginning of the show, it's all about running the government efficiently, effectively, and protecting people's rights, that's like literally fucking it, right, so why is it that we have some guy that has multiple strokes, he can't even fucking speak clearly, can't remember shit he's just like Joe Biden why is it maybe we need to get back to this precedent right we need to get back to who' does the fuck like throw party affiliation completely out who would be the best I mean people literally are going into elections and they knowingly are voting for who they know will not be the better more effective more efficient candidate for the United States. Because of emotions. That's currently what's going on. Because people in their right mind knew not to vote for Joe Biden. If we're going by straight-up results, we're going by effectiveness, efficiency, results, right? Completely unbiased. You want to go with the numbers. You want to add one versus the other. You have to say Trump presidency is better than Obama's last presidency or even from 2008 to 2012, right? So that being said, people should have just voted for Trump. Like if people were non-emotional in the way that they selected their uh, political candidates, they would be voting for Donald Trump. <laughs> it just it just is what it is, and I'm not like a die-hard Trump fan. He's far better than anything the Democrats have to have to put up there in terms of economy. Um. I mean, spending-wise, it's about the same as a Democrat. International his foreign policy-wise, he was actually very good, which was a huge surprise. Everybody thought he'd be a fucking disaster. He knew how to speak their language, which makes sense. I mean, the guy's a businessman, so he knows how to relate to people. He knows how to get deals done. I mean, I think that we're much better off having people from the private uh, industry come in and be politicians at this point. I I don't think any... Like, this idea that politicians have been in political positions for a long time... And their experience makes them a good politician... No, it's not true. Experience alone does not make you a good politician. It is results that make you a good politician. Therefore, you know, guys like Ron DeSantis are still in the race... Despite being pretty bad in the last debate... Literally alone just because of his political record, his results. Nobody gives a fuck about your experience... But people will claim the Democrats... The media will be like, Joe Biden has 40 years of experience. Yeah, but nobody talks about how effective he was. You notice that? No one ever talks about results, right? Everyone's always talking about experience. No one wants to actually talk about what is being done. Politicians that have been around now for the last, like, 20 years, going up and speaking about results, if you're not a governor... um, I'm not going to say that. They, none of them, in the federal government especially... None of them should come up and speak about results and things that they've enacted policy-wise. That's great. Like, what are you going to do? Come up and tell us the Patriot Act, which isn't even. It's funny they named it. You know how ironic it is and sarcastic to everybody to name the Patriot Act the Patriot Act. I mean, it's like this huge spying bill on U.S. citizen U.S. citizens and a retracement or a retraction of their rights, and then we're going to call it the Patriot Bill or the Patriot Act rather. It's fucking hilarious. It's like so humiliation. At this point, we're at that point as citizens that we're at a humiliation, a fetish point where there's a bunch of us that actually enjoy the humiliation and they just keep voting that way and they encourage it and they support the war, the the quote unquote war in Ukraine and sending money. And these people in Ukraine aren't even getting the money. It's all going to like Zelensky and his boys. Like he's just fucking telling everyone to fuck off. It's a giant charade. You know, and I mean this is just like Iraq. It's actually worse. It's worse than Afghanistan, Iraq and uh yeah. the the Iran. I think we just sent a bunch of money to Iran too. We sent like I wanna say like two billion for some people. Kinda we did the Obama essentially. We sent a bunch of and they know that, you know, we'll be good for it every like few years if a Democrat's in there. They're like, Yeah, yeah, we'll just we'll just because it sets the once again, it sets this this it incentivizes these countries like Iran to abduct American citizens and that are in their country and then just hold them and wait for the government to pay them two billion dollars. Just it's just a payoff. It's corrupt. I'm sure that those two billion dollars are going to the Iranian government. Then the Iranian government has a contract with somebody that's related to Joe Biden. I'm sure that's how it goes because that's how everything seems to go. Uh, foreign policy wise and war wise, it all goes like that. So the very last last thing I want to talk about is maybe a little bit more of the culture stuff. Um, one thing that really annoys me, just simply saying, is when girls say they're spiritual. When anyone says they're spiritual, but mostly it's women that say they're spiritual. And I, think pe- I think people actually, and, and I'll tell you why it's women. I have to take this hat off. I feel like I'm sweating my ass off right now. in that weird part of the year where it's like, it's too it's too cold to keep the AC on, but it's also too warm for the heat to go on. So you just open the windows and you hope for the best, and then you kind of like sweat at night. Oh, it's a weird part of the night, but there's a good segment actually here that I got. I'm going to try to put this together the most cogent way possible. I think that these that people say mostly women, and and I'll tell you why it's a woman phenomena saying that you're spiritual, because they don't want to be criticized, and they know that if you say you're Christian, you're most likely going to get criticized, all right, because most of these women that say they're spiritual, they believe in God, right, and God means Christianity, a God, one God, and if, if they believe in Jesus as well, yeah, that makes Christianity, Um, they're afraid to say it because they don't want to be criticized, and women do not usually stand up for themselves, they're submissive that way, so rather than being criticized, what they do is they say they're spiritual. It's like an easy, it's an easy way, and, and it's also an easy way to put zero work into anything. So if you don't read the Bible, whether it's the New or Old Testament, you don't read any of it. And, and once again, I'm not a super religious dude. I still have a lot of reading to do myself. It's a very easy way to just claim that you believe in God without having to actually answer to anything that God, that is in the Bible. God, God's teachings. It's a very easy way to do so without having, once again, without having the answer to any of it. So if God says, don't do this, God says, don't do that. If you are a sinner as we all are, but you're a big time sinner where you're pretty much not following the Bible at all. Uh, it, it leaves you, it absolves you of any type of sin or guilt that you would have uh, for not following the doctrine, the gospel. And that's why it comes from women, because women are afraid they're submissive. They're afraid of defending their ideology. That's why if you have a political argument, which isn't worth it with women, I've, I've just learned this at this point, there's really no point in even having arguments with women because they get so emotional and they freak out. And honestly, it's like it becomes to a point where it's, honestly, it's like beneath me. You know, like I've been, I've been doing these political podcasts for years. I've been reading about the issues for a long time. You know, I'm able to always have a respectful back and forth with people, right, until they get disrespectful, then I'll give it back to them, I've always been able to do this, right, but when women get involved, I can't do it, you know, they it's not me, it's them, they're the ones that are speaking out of turn, they're the ones that are acting crazy, they're the ones that will go quick to ad hominem attacks and name calls, so, like I said, there's not even like a real point, it's beneath you to even have the argument with them, most of the time, I mean, they can yell at you and stuff, and then you just answer them very calmly, I would say never even escalate it, you can talk to them about whatever issue it is that they're upset about, whether it's abortion or whatever, whether guns or abortion or what have you. You can have the conversations with them. Just let them re out and freak out on you, and just be totally calm, because there's no point having fights with them. Because once again, having a fight, they are. You should. You should just be like, having a fight with you is beneath me. It's completely pointless. Just sit there and try to crack jokes most of the time. Don't even, like, have conversations with women about this shit. It's not even, unless if it's your significant other or wife, otherwise, it's or someone in your family. Otherwise, it's, like, totally worthless. It's not worth your time. They're normie NPCs. They're brainwashed. I always found this, too. I always felt like girls when I went to high school, they were very, very, uh, what's the word? I used it earlier. Impressionable. There you go. They're very impressionable. So it was kind of like followed the lead in high school, did things to be cool, did things that were popular. So right now the popular thing in culture is to be a leftist, right, and make emotional arguments. So that's generally what you're going to run into in the dating scene. Those are the women that you're going to run into, whether it's your your best friend's girlfriend, wife, whatever. Unfortunately, most of the time, that's what you're going to run into. Not all the time, but most of the time you're going to run into these people that are overly um, emotional, emotional. They make shitty emotional arguments. They don't make any logical arguments. They try to poke holes in things like Christianity. It's always pathetic when I see people try to do it because it's just like, you don't know what you're talking about. When people say, oh, this is great. Uh, Well, Jesus was friends with a couple hookers. And it's like, yeah, that's the beginning of the story. Jesus was friends with like one prostitute. And then at the very end of the New Testament, like she was no longer a prostitute. Like, there was a point to, there was a method to Jesus' madness, you know what I'm saying? Like, he was hanging out with these chicks trying to make them better. You fucking idiots. But they always, and, and, oh, the good one that I always see is, um, is the judgmental one. Oh, why are you judging? You can't judge. What do you mean? What are you talking about? If you just look up judgment in the Bible, there's tons of different excerpts, and they can support not judging people, and then they can also support judging people. And guess what? Judging people is not only is it justified in the Bible, but it is a evolutionary experience, meaning you adapt, right? And you adapt to survive. So if what you have happening to you quite often is the same thing over and over again, you make judgment calls in order to adapt and survive. So if your experiences are, you're getting... um, Let's say your experiences are every single time you drive down this one road, you have a branch hit your car, and it it cracks your windshield, and, and your windshield is prone to crack because of this, right? Then you are no longer going to drive down that street. It's just that simple. And there's nothing wrong with that, but that's what judgment is. Making judgment calls on things. So judging people, I think, is never a problem. I am 100% down for judging and making judgment calls. And then telling people if they are violating the doctrine, I'm totally down with people doing that as well. I think that good Christians it is their job to judge because then it is that's how we you set each other straight because then at this point, saying calling people judgmental, doing that the reason that this is done simply, simply put is to implement moral relativism where nothing means anything, right. Uh, everything is meaningless. Everything is okay because you're not allowed to judge anything. Therefore, adults sleeping with children, who are you to judge? What's the problem with that? It's consensual. That's the way that this this whole argument goes. Is that is the slippery slope, and that is why we are currently where we are. And usually the whole judgmental thing is something that women say. It's not, once again... It's not something that men say. Men should just wholeheartedly... My problem is not with women. My problem much more is that men actually listen and take emotional arguments seriously. I'm not saying that women don't have anything that's worth being said, right? I'm saying that there are things that women say that are valuable. There's there's opinions that women hold that could be very valuable. But you need, as men, you need to be able to differentiate between... What is a logical argument and what is a straight-up emotional plea? And it should be very, very easy because you just have to think about it logically. Um, It should be very easy what is an emotional plea and which one is uh, more logical. And men should always try to turn towards analytical and logical over feelings and emotions. So, because you'll always win that way, because you always have a way to support it, whereas emotions, there's there's nothing to support it, because a lot of emotions are are about ethics, and ethics are about morality, and once again, like I said, moral relativism, where there is no uh, comprehensive look at what is and what isn't moral, everything is moral at this point, so we don't know what the difference is between right and wrong, we're getting to that point in society in America, and it is an American thing. And I've noticed this in other countries in the UK. Because I have some people I work with that are in the UK. They have a better sense of humor. This is not a problem with them. And it's weird because, you know, you'll talk to people in the UK and they'll talk about their government. And they'll be like, oh, the conservatives and the Labor Party. And you're like, yeah, their conservatives are probably pretty left-wing and all this other shit. But then, like, you hear them speak. And you go, hmm. I feel like there's a lot more honesty there. Whether or not they agree with us, whether they're they're as right-wing as us in America, there's a lot more things that they, in the UK, are much more honest about. And there isn't a public uproar over it, even though Andrew Tate can't go back there. But people don't freak out. People don't go for your job. You can speak pretty, not completely freely, legally, in a sense. I mean much more, from maybe just it's my experience much more in a, like, personal, interpersonal relationship-wise. There's a lot more things that you can talk about, and they have a better sense of humor where they're not going to freak out on you and try to cancel you. Um It's very similar to this, and this is the last thing I'll talk about. It's like, if you notice when you hop on LinkedIn, right? LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook. Mostly LinkedIn, though. I see this, the she, her, he, him thing. The pronouns in the bio or the pronouns connected to your name those are simply, if you think about it, and I remember saying this to somebody the other day in my family, and a person was, compl- oh, how's it? how does it affect you? Why are you being so judgmental? Once again, uh, that word comes up. How does it affect you? And I'll explain. He, him, she, her, right? We have these pronouns for what reason specifically? Because it's very obvious if you're a man, right? Like, your picture, you look like I obviously look like a dude. Look at all the hair on my face, my voice, my build. I got broad shoulders. There's no reason to put he, him. Hey, for me, there's no reason to put he, him. So why am I doing it? I am doing it because alone, it is to include trannies. That's the only reason people do shit like this. It is to be inclusive. That's the only reason, right? So if you're... And there's actually some statistics that I saw recently... Uh, someone pointed out to me these, all these different statistics linking trannies to having, um, having higher rates of sexual assault than anybody, than men, than women. So they have very high rates of sexually assaulting people, which doesn't surprise me at all. And, and children, obviously, because they're, they're, they're mentally not well, right? Like nobody wants to mutilate them, their private parts. And we're going to sit here and act like it's totally normal behavior and, um, they're not mentally ill, right? So these people are mentally ill, um, They have higher rates of sexual assault. Why do they? Because they probably have some sort of like weird sexual illness. And this has been increasing over time. And it's been promoted by the media as a good thing, as a positive. And we should be accepting. We should be tolerant of all these people. Uh, And I also think it's been used as social social capital for younger kids. They know they're more powerful when they're a tranny. They can say more things. They can get away with it. They have people that sympathize with them. It gives them uh, power that way. And if there's somebody that their parents... Don't give them enough attention. It gives them attention as well. So it's a combination of a couple different things. I also think pornography um, helps with some of this process because it blurs the lines. What is and what isn't acceptable. It makes people extreme. It trains their brain to be at a baseline of this sexual compared to what the normal baseline back in the day was of like, you know, nudie mags at like down here. It's kind of hard to explain. Um, but yeah, the he, him, she, her thing is strictly for inclusivity for trannies, right? So my whole point is, is if you're going to put, throw that in your, in your LinkedIn, right, then you yourself are promoting the lifestyle you're promoting the tranny shit. So then if you are promoting the tranny shit, right, in turn, you are promoting the current standing in pop culture, of the tranny shit, where we should throw it on kids, where we should do all of these things, like, the last thing that you should do is stand behind an ideology, for example, let me, I'm gonna, I hate using the, the Nazi or the Hitler thing, but that's, like, what everyone does, it's such an extreme to take, but, like, Nazis, Hitler, right, they did some wild shit, right, uh, if you believe they did some wild shit, there's some people that don't believe they did it, whatever. You guys can fight over that. Let's just say they did some wild shit, right? You want nothing to do with that ideology at all, ever. You don't want to even, like, mention the name. It's like a name where people change their last name. If they had the same last name as him and they weren't related to him, they changed their last names. Because it was that crazy, right? Um, it's the same deal. It's like, if, to me, what what's going on with, the, with that agenda is terrible... It's terrible for, for children. It's overall like a losing. I think it's a losing message overall for society in America. It makes us weak. It uh, makes our society weak. We are sacrificing our kids to this ideology as well, which is a problem. So it should be fully repudiated in the fact that people go and they put it in their bio as like their support. It's, it's implicitly you are supporting it right? Like, you are implied supporting the lifestyle by throwing the pronouns in your bio because the pronouns in the bio are only strictly, explicitly for the inclusion of trainees, is the point. So, if you're going to promote that, then you promote their lifestyle. You promote what they do. You're backing them entirely. That's what's going on in this case. Um, So, yeah, I want nothing to do with it. I reject it. I repudiate it entirely. And I think everybody with a decent mind that, like, reads... I mean, there's tons of different stats that I was, like... I found... I had a friend point them out to me. They were sending me screenshots. I was like, yo, these are... I mean, I knew... See, you know... It's so funny because... Your gut, as a man, a lot of the time... As long as, like, your parents didn't fuck you up royally... As a man... Your gut generally tells you what is right and what is wrong. Like, I inherently knew when I was a kid dating chicks with high body counts was like not a good thing, right? Like I knew this inherently. And as time goes on, you start to learn statistically, you're like, "Oh, yeah, it adds up." And why is that? That is because, once again, we make judgment calls because we adapt to survive. So this is generations on generations of genetic code essentially. It's almost like your 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 brain, your genetic code, your genetic code is a better way to put it. Your genetic code is almost like a uh, AI it's almost like ChatGBT gets smarter and smarter as time goes on. More and more generations, more lived experiences that become internalized and then you learn how to how to delineate. Is that the word? There's a word that starts with a D. I can't remember. <laughs> I always have this problem. You learn how to decipher. That's not the word either, but it's it works. You learn how to decipher between what is good and what is bad, right? Or what is right and what is wrong, what you're looking for. And it's like, I knew inherently when I was when I was younger, this whole tranny thing. I knew it was weird. I knew that these people were mentally sick. And I knew that they were probably messing around with children or like sexually assaulting people. And the statistics I read, and I'm just like, oh, there you go. And it doesn't, it's weird because I don't even need to read statistics to know this shit. And it's the same with, like I said, the high body count. It's almost like, and then inherently sometimes too, the way that people act, you know the way people are going to act before they do things too. So yeah, as time goes on, you're making judgment calls over over your life because of your lived experience or even lived experience of your ancestors. And it all is some sort of form of... I don't want to call it evolution, that's not the best way to put it, but it's it's definitely a form of, like, adaptation to survive. So, yeah, that'll conclude this one. I appreciate everybody for tuning in. I went pretty late. I felt like there was a lot to talk about. And uh, maybe I'll see you next week or I'll see you two weeks from now. Everyone take care.